Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day that my eyes go to and fro throughout the earth looking for those whose hearts are perfect before me. I'm not looking for for perfection according to man's definition. I am looking for the perfection of a heart that is pure in its worship. A heart that chooses to believe what I have said simply because I said it. Those hearts that will take a stand in my word. Knowing that every situation, every circumstance has the ability to change if you will pressure it with the word that I have spoken. Keep your hearts finely tuned in these days. For I have works planned for you to walk in, works planned for you to participate in that you had no conception of. Keep your hearts tuned to the voice of my spirit. He lives inside you. Don't be looking out there. Listen to the one who indwells you. Because he is speaking in these days. And he has a plan for each and every one that will say yes. Hallelujah. Well, we're in for a blessing today. Miss Eileen is going to come and deliver the word to us. Yes, amen. The lovely Eileen. I was like, don't say that. Don't make people say that about me. <laughs> but he was, he's just uh, prophesying over me. And it's just not physical. It's internal, too. We want to be beautiful on the inside. Well, thank you. So um, we've been talking about the pillars of Trinity Church, and we're entering into the fivefold ministry. And one of the pillars is the least of these. Um, We are to care for the least of these, the widows and orphans. And at one time, we were the least of these before we found Jesus. So, you know, Trinity's always had a foundation of family, accepting you regardless of station, color, uh, status. We've always accepted you, accepted people. And that I really appreciate that. Uh, everyone is welcome here. Uh, I know uh, in the New Testament, I don't know who was talking about it, but when you prefer the rich man to sit up front and the rest of the people sit in the back, we don't do that. And I'm very thankful for that, really. Um, I remember we did a lot of outreach in South Park. Of course, my favorite, and I've made it very well known, was the faux ice cream truck ministry. (laughs) If you're not familiar with that, uh, our pastor, Howard, who is very creative, decided he found this cassette with ice cream music on it. And we would play it. We would, in the truck, of course, he's in the air, we're in the back. It's July, we are sweating. 
um, a couple of people, Nanette, didn't you have to wear the costume? The costume. And we're going through the neighborhood, playing the music. The little children are running for the ice cream. But we don't have ice cream. We had Tootsie Rolls. It was a two-phase program where you got the invitation to come to church to get the ice cream. So anyway, that was one of our ministries. We had the food ministry, the food pantry. And that was a very good ministry, except all people wanted was the food. They were not interested really in the gospel. So God has a plan on how we're to minister to the least of these. We are not in South Park anymore. God moved us here. And I believe this is a very strategic location. We're off of I-10. We've had a lot of uh, Freedom Crusades meetings here. It's easy to get to. But I truly believe this location, God has a plan for this location right here. It's the heart of the city. That's right. So who are the least of these? I'm glad you asked. Let's see. Let's go to Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And I'm kind of old-fashioned. I gave the scriptures to faith, but I kind of believe in just looking them up yourself. Before we had all this stuff, you had a Bible, and you opened it and read it. So we can look up our own scriptures, too. as I'm on my phone looking at mine. Sorry. Matthew. 25, 31 through 46. I have a lot of Matthew 25 uh, today. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. From the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters. He's calling us his brothers and sisters, by the way. You were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared 
prepared for the devil and his demons. That sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go to eternal life. So this is important. Number one, he's talking, and I just, um, I know myself, uh, even when I started coming to Trinity Church, I did not have compassion for the least of these. I really didn't. I didn't know what that was. I felt like, you know, I would hand you a 20 and, you know, tell you to go, but there's so much more than just handing people money. It's about love. It's about caring. Uh, let's go to James one twenty-seven. I had to pray for God to give me a love for people because it did not come naturally to me. James one twenty-seven. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So this is a good definition of the least of these. Well, who's supposed to take care of them? Us, the church? Well, let's go to Galatians 6.10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. The family of faith really does come first because we're family. We are um, united. We're together in him. So really, the family of faith comes first. And then as we're led, corporately and individually, we minister to the least of these. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. And that will be verse 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift. We all have gifts. His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. So we glorify him when we help each other, when we help the least of these. And Jesus said it. We're doing it to him. We are ministering to him when we do that. I know I have talked about Frankie. He was our revelation of the least of these. And 
I'm looking at Frankie. He was a con, okay? He was a con. And we knew when we gave him the money, he probably wasn't going to do what he said he was going to do with it. But God just showed Doug and I. He knew Frankie when he was formed in his mother's womb. He had a plan for Frankie. He had a good plan for Frankie, but life happened. You know, who knows what happened in his life? But what we saw was the result of a damaged life. But God saw Frankie the way he created him. And God is so merciful. Frankie mattered. Frankie mattered to God. And he was showing Frankie mercy. So Frankie kept coming around, and Doug and I decided in our, in, in our infinite wisdom, we're done. Don't come back here anymore. We're not going to help you. The problem is we didn't talk to God about it. And when we did that, all of a sudden, everything dried up. Doug's deals, nothing, flat. And we're like, what is going on? We're tithing, we're seed sowing. And the Lord revealed to Doug, he said, I never told you to stop helping Frankie. So now we're praying for Frankie to come back, okay? <laughs> Lord, bring Frankie back, send him back. And he did. Frankie came back. We were so excited to see him. I know Frankie's like, what is wrong with these people? They told me to get lost, and now they're like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And we did help him until God released us. There comes a time when the, he's merciful. His mercies are new every morning, but at time comes when you keep refusing. And he was, that was it. We were done. So that's an individual example. And we see the people. We see them. We see them on the road with the God bless you sign. Um, they're the least of these. I would say be led on how you minister to them. God will show you. I want to talk about John. He came, what, about a month ago? Uh, he was sleeping in the breezeway. And um, as a body, people all gathered. Um, somebody went out and greeted him, brought him in for coffee. Uh, he had a baked good. Uh, another, a couple of other people gave him shoes. He didn't have shoes. Then he was prayed for. And this was the corporate group. We were all involved. And he, uh, he needed a ride. Uh, he got a hot meal, got a ride. He wanted his bicycle. That's really all he wanted. He had had a medical issue, had been to the hospital, Saturday night, he walked here from Baptist with his hospital socks, okay? Um, but by the time he left, he'd had a hot meal, he had shoes, and he got his bike. That was a good day for John. And that was the result of us coming together to minister to him. So, let's go to Luke 10, 25 through 37.
One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. Now, he was a Jewish man. I mean, he wasn't some, you know, illegal or anything. He was a Jewish man. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest, okay, so the priest, he's supposed to be a good person, right? Came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road. I wonder what church he went to. And passed him by, a temple assistant. Somebody else worked in the church. Walked over, looked at him, but he also passed by the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. It really is mercy and compassion to minister to the least of these. So who is the body? Uh, Paul uh, talks about the body. We are the body. And I thought it was very interesting that he used our body our physical body, to give an example of how the body of Christ works. So let's go to Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians, verse 12, sorry. 1 Corinthians, verse 12, 12 through 27. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are gentle, Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, I mean, just imagine. How would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. He keeps 
emphasizing this. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put one body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part. And the reason I'm going here with the body is Jesus is the head. And as a body in this, this church right here, there's lots of parts. There's lots of things that are required to run this church. We need help. We need help. If you're breathing, if you have air, you can help. We were bought with a price. We are not our own. And it is our reasonable service to serve and be a part. Uh, we're not too old. Um, Robin Cornish is greeting. And she crochets Afghans for babies. Babies at the New Hope Pregnancy Center and Trinity babies. Okay? She's doing her assignment. Nanette was here yesterday to help clean. She's been a prayer warrior for years. There's no retirement in the kingdom. We, Jesus needs us. You know, we're talking about what pleases Jesus. Service. Being a part of the body. I can't tell you how many jobs I had that I really did not feel led. You know, it's, but they needed help. <laughs> the church needed help. And there's something special called grace. That when you obey, when you will say, okay, Lord, I'm really not thrilled about this, but I'm going to do it because I'm doing it for you. And that grace comes. That grace comes on you and go, oh, this isn't so bad. Um, I can do this. And it's good to know who we labor among. You know, serving is an opportunity to get to know people. So... I cleaned the church for five years. That was not my plan. Okay, Linda Clark, she's not here today. But Linda Clark comes up to me and goes, oh, we need someone to oversee the cleaning. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I'm going to pick up the phone and call people and get people to do it. And the Lord goes, oh, you can do it. I'm like, uh, well, you know, I have a very, um, I've got a busy schedule here. And, but he gave me the grace and it really was an opportunity for a lot of people who came and they really weren't comfortable doing some other things, they could clean. They didn't mind pushing a vacuum, and it was an opportunity to get to know people. It truly was a ministry. But all of you have a place in this body. He's all given you gifts. We need help. We need help in nursery. 
Children's Church. They're our next generation. They really are. And we've got the cutest kids, you know? Who doesn't want to take care of Isla? You know, we're all staring at her all day long, wanting to play with her. Well, in nursery, you can have her for two and a half hours. McKenna, she's awesome. The twins. It's our reasonable service. God wants to, God is here, okay? He is here. But he needs all of our participation. Whether you like it or not, he needs us all. And ministry, children's ministry is so important because they are our future. And Jesus loved the children. You know, I think it's amazing, even in uh, the Old Testament days, the disciples were put off by the kids, okay? The kids come, and they're like, oh, you know, he's pushing them away. And Jesus said, no, I want these kids. Let's go to Matthew 19, 14 and 15. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Children believe. They believe. And he wants us to have the faith, the childlike faith that they have. I really never was interested in doing children, I'll be honest. But I just knew that, you know, Kim and Robin did it for many, many years. And they needed help. I did Wednesday night. and uh, But again, it was that grace to do that. And helping now. I try to do it once a month. And if, if we could all just volunteer... Once a month, two and a half hours, we could get it done. We had a family come in. We did not have children's ministry, and they left. And we just, we don't want to do that. I want to encourage you today. If there's something holding you back from getting involved, from serving, talk to the Lord about it. There was a lot of things I didn't think I could do. I didn't think I had the time. I'm very schedule-driven. But I just told the Lord, I'll do it. You're just going to have to do something with my schedule. And guess what? He did. And he'll do it for you. As believers, and I know, my glasses off so I can see everybody. I know we're believers in this room. And we are in a season. Our bridegroom is coming very quickly. He is coming. And we want to be ready. We don't want to be the five foolish virgins who didn't have oil in their lamp because they were distracted and they weren't doing what the Lord called them to do. We don't want to do that. This is the time where we serve because of who he is, not because of what we want. 
It's because of who he is and what he did for us. He gave us, he died for us. He sacrificed his life for us.